did the podcast from London. Right. No big deal. All right, so we have Jamie and Kyle with us, and I don't know um, the premise of the podcast, but before we uh, begin, uh, we dedicate the podcast to something. So since you're the guest, you want to dedicate it to anybody in particular or anything? You want to start out first? What should we dedicate it to? <laughs> uh, to, to friends. What was the thing in the uh, in two absent friends? Two absent friends. Yeah. So that was from one of our submarine movies. Uh, right. The end of the one with Gary Busey, uh, Steel Sharks. At the end, they dedicate the movie to absent friends. And we should also probably dedicate it to the Sea Wolf. Oh the yeah, coolest class of submarine. Yes, the U.S. has. Yep. All right. All right. Are you guys ready? Yep. I think so. All right, we are back. Another episode of St. Paul Filmcast, and with me is Jamie and Kyle from the... Mac East Second Floor Studios presents Submersion Podcast. And yep. If anybody didn't, if none of my listeners know, really not familiar, what is your podcast kind of about? You know? um, yeah, so every episode we're watching a, a film uh, that features submarines in some capacity, usually in a very right. large cent- central to the plot capacity. Okay. We've really only had one where it was... Very minor, just at the end. Right. <laughs> and that was uh, that Life, was Life Aquatic, Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Right. right. Where at the very end, they go into their submersible. But for the most part, it's the central feature of the film that we're watching. Is it strictly like that's only the one? Or what about a, like a cruise ship or something? Anything else aquatic? Or are you just strictly solely sub- submarines? <laughs> for the it's, most part, it's just submarines. It's yeah, just been I mean, submarines. And we have had a lot of people when we started thought, well, or have asked me, <laughs> how many submarine movies are there? You would not believe how many there are. There are I'm actually, yeah, I mean, this is why I like your podcast. I'm finding out more that you pay attention to a lot more submarine movies that there actually are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got over like 50 in the lineup right? and yeah. still find more all the time. All right. Yeah. So my next obvious question is what's the fascination with submarines though? Well, I mean, for, for me, it was kind of just like happenstance because he had been talking about this podcast idea for a long time. And I was kind of like Kyle had, Kyle had yeah. And, yeah. And I was kind of like, you either have to stop talking about the idea or just do it. And he's like, well, why don't you come and do it with me? And I was like, OK, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll do it as well. And I was like, you know, this is just going to last for a couple of weeks and then it will die away. But, you know, we've been doing it now, 26 episodes Right. So, uh, you know, it just keeps on going and going. And so we're, we're totally lay people when it comes to, to submarines, but we've started to get in contact with people on the internet and stuff and learning a lot more about it. Yes. It's very impressive. So the way it all started actually yeah. is I was on a annual vacation. I go on with two of the other hosts Yeah, and one of the guys was, um, a little inebriated and he came up and he <laughs> said, man, I just watched this movie on Netflix called Phantom. And if I had to rate it in, uh, out of the three sub-movies I'd seen, I'd put it at number three. And so <laughs> that instantly just light bulb clicked. And I thought, wait a minute, there's something there. And I had done a podcast with our other host, Zach. I'd guessed it in on an episode before. We were talking about um, all things 90s yeah. and had a great time. And I thought, well, let's just start this up. Let's, let's see yeah. where this can go. 
So if anybody looks for it, it's called uh, what's the whole full? What's the studio <laughs> thing referred to? The Mac East Second Floor. Mac East Second Floor Studios presents Submersion. Yeah, and so that that leaves us open for future seasons. Ah, all right. Yes. Ah, okay, all right. And if we run out of submarine films. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. Well, right? I'm a huge comic book fan. Is the 66 Batman movie considered part of Meet the Protocol? Because in the end, the, the there is a submarine involved. Probably, yeah. Yes. I mean, if it's a, especially if it's a climactic scene. The only ones yeah. we would try to avoid probably watching actually for it would be something like, uh, you know, one of the Transformers films where you just see a submarine briefly get destroyed by a robot. Okay, like right. that's not really enough to probably end up as an episode, but something eh, like that. Maybe. Could be. When we, when we really <laughs> okay, start well. dwindling down, it might start showing up. Yeah, so maybe. hopefully you might be able to get to the, the 66 Batman movie. Oh yeah. You very well might. Yeah. And you even mentioned Superman in one of them. Uh, yeah. So right. Superman, but that one's, that one's also very brief in, in the Superman. I think it's the fourth one when he decides to get rid of all nukes across the world. Yeah. They shoot them all into space in a submarine scene shooting its nukes off into space. Doesn't he chuck it out in the outer space? Yeah, or then something? he gets in a big neck and he net and he throws it into the sun. Right, I do remember that. <laughs> right. Right. It's a terrible movie. So you guys actually been in submarines? I actually have never been in a submarine. No. I, I've talked about this before where it's like, and I even thought to myself when I started it, like, have I ever seen a submarine? I was like, yes, I've seen a submarine. At right. New, York, New York City has a submarine in their one of their harbors. But like, no, I've never been inside one. There's um, one that I've been looking at going to in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, where you can actually stay the night in it. Whoa. All right. Yeah. And um, it's a lot of, like, if you got a Boy Scout troop or something, you can do that. But then they also have a family night where anybody can go and stay in it. So yeah. We're like a family on our <clears throat> podcast. So. I, don't know if yeah. I, I don't know if I can. I know I had a friend that was a Navy News that cook on a submarine. And it's a, this is a big screening process to be in a submarine. I don't think it could be like months in a sub. Right. Well, yeah. luckily this is just overnight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. We talked to, um, one of our, the guys we got in contact with Eric yeah. Marino and he said, it's a very strange lifestyle. I said, imagine just living in an airplane where you can't get off. There's no chance like in an airplane, I guess if you wanted to, you could really run rip to. open the door. If you really like, want to right, shoot yeah, out yeah. Mm-hmm. submarine. There's no way you're getting out. Well, like airplane, you have a window. Like, yeah, you can see yeah. something. You can see something. Even if you had a window in a submarine, you couldn't see anything. I think there's a, there's a heavy screening process of being allowed on a ship and that, you know, are you going to go crazy? <laughs> right. <laughs> We've seen in a few movies that some of the people, people do. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, we came over uh, to talk um, about a movie. I don't know. Who picked this one? Did I, I actually pick this one. So this I, I had the list, and I, and I saw it on there, and I remember seeing it as a kid. Right. And since I saw it as a kid, I had become more familiar with Robert Altman, and I really liked uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller and, yeah. you know, MASH, the classic. And I, I kind of thought, like, oh, well, I wonder if kind of his features of, of filmmaking are even evidence in this thing that I watched as, like, a kid's film growing yeah. up and so i was interested in seeing it again it's only my i hadn't seen it since it probably since i saw it when i was like six years old right so. I, i'm glad we picked it because it made me go back and watch it yeah. and it's something that is, it was off my radar right <laughs> wait why <laughs> for a long time and i was like you know what it's it right I, I remember seeing i don't think i went to the theater to see it but i would just see it at, and right you saw it as a kid it's yeah. very childlike isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think not not the beginning. I mean, when when it opens up, I almost was like, oh my god, it's like just like McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Like when he's going riding into town in that film, 
uh, and kind of having that journey entering this kind of uh, isolated you know, town that runs right. on its own. Like I was like, Oh, this is almost like a Western. Like as he's kind of coming into town as, as the outlaw, no one ever, no one really knows what he's up to. They think he's trying right, They shut the door on. Yeah. Him they're all shutting the doors and stuff like that. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, this does have like some adult things. And it, it seems to become more and more kid like as it goes along, particularly right. the ending, I, I, you know, kind of a, a zany kind of end to it. Um, but yeah, no, I found it, I found it very fascinating to see it open and kind of be like, Oh, this is a, this is definitely a lot more different than I remember it being. Kyle, when's the first time you got to see it? This may have been the first time I've ever seen it. Like consciously sat down to watch it. Yes. Yeah, okay. I did, uh, maybe years ago as a kid, but I do not recall this movie. Okay. All right. So as fresh eyes, what is kind of your take? Because I've seen it multiple times as a kid. I think I own a copy and I watched it again. But as first time seeing it, what was the most interesting thing about it? Uh, when I was sitting down watching it, I thought, "Wow, this is this may be the weirdest thing I've watched." <laughs> and because uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I've seen Popeye as a kid, the cartoon and all that, right, but yeah. uh, I don't ever recall watching this movie. Um, but it, overall, at the end, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun, and it kind of you know stayed true to the cartoons as much as possible. Although I wish the thing I will say is Bluto. Yeah. Is usually in the cartoons because I even went back and watched a little bit of the cartoons. He's pretty buff, pretty big, and jacked. And uh, yeah. the guy in the movie, not so much. No, in fact, of... the other guy that box he boxes actually a hell of a lot bigger than Bluto is. Yeah, he's yeah. great. That yeah. oh yeah, we'll talk about that guy later. That's... <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, yeah. very strange, but fun and odd. Yeah, it was interesting to see it kind of be one of those movies where they're like. We're we're explicitly making something that's a cartoon and live know, action. Think, yeah. yeah, live action. We're making a live action cartoon. You can almost imagine it being like, just remember, we're making a live action cartoon, and we've seen it in different things. Like uh, Dick Tracy kind of feels similar in some ways. Yep. Uh, yeah. And would, yeah. Uh, I know with the uh, Batman and Robin, the one with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know that was like a the thing they were really trying to go for is like we're making a cartoon of sorts. More more lightly. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Better to the hat. You know. Um, yeah, this movie actually didn't do very well when it came out initially. And then it, critics just panned it. They didn't really enjoy it. I think it, there was too much seriousness involved, even though they tried to make it a little bit light, but it was a little more more adult than they used to. I don't know. I just, and the production company really were happy with what was going on because rumors of uh, heavy drug use on the set yeah. <laughs> from oh, everybody. That, that yeah. was in one of the trivia I found. Yeah, yeah really. Was, one of the producers, I think, when he was busted. Well, Let me well, that see. Was a, yeah, that's a famous case. Robert Evans. This was the last movie he did before he went to jail. I think, right? Oh, Robert Evans. Yeah, we He was busted. He was busted for his coca- the cocaine thing, and he was like uh, convicted of distribution or something, right? While on set. Well, he wasn't on set. He well, I think producer. he visited. Yeah, Paramount yeah, Pictures. Okay. I think he went to visit. But there yeah. was a lot of. I know. I, I read an interview with Altman talking about this film, where he said uh, Harry Nilsson was around. They built a studio for him. And he did the, all the uh, all the the whole soundtrack. Sure. He did all the songs, and he said specifically like answering a question about that drug use. He was like, "Well, Harry Nilsson was incorrigible. <laughs> like he was <laughs> doing cocaine the entire time." <laughs> Very explicitly yeah. like, "Well, that w- those rumors weren't totally true except for Harry Nilsson <laughs> who was on cocaine." So, um before we get to we'll get to Robert Evans in a minute, but this is actually the first full feature film that featured Robert Williams. In, yes. as an actor and actually carried the movie and he wasn't very nervous I think he didn't know this movie didn't pan him he thought his film career was done for because this didn't 
turn out so well. well Even I think different. won um, a stinker award for worst actor, didn't he? It, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah well, the stinkers. Yeah, not not a, uh, thing, st- not it, a thing anymore. This movie got a lot of stinkers. Got a lot of stinker awards. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, you could kind of tell. I mean, I, I even went, I walked, went back and watched an episode of uh, Mork and Mindy, actually connected to our podcast because it featured Raquel Welch. That's why I was watching it. Oh, it was in fantastic. There was Voyage. an episode of, of Mork and Mindy with Raquel Welch as a guest. Yeah, and right. and we had just watched Fantastic Voyages with Raquel Welch, and then I knew I was gonna come here and talk about Popeye. So I was like, oh, two two birds with one stone. I'll, right. I'll watch this thing with, with both these people, and uh, he is. I mean, off the chain when it comes to a Mork and Mindy episode. It's like yeah. a mile a minute, just all over the place. And yeah, it's very, all things considered, a pretty subdued performance for the most part. I should correct myself. He did not win Worst Actor. He was nominated. Oh, oh well. I don't want to soil his name. Right, yeah. Uh, it also features uh, Shelley Duvall. This is mm-hmm. after she did The Shining. This is actually probably the last time we ever really see her in a feature film, right? I think she did some That's other right. stuff. I mean, she was in Nash- she was major. in Altman's N- Nashville as well, and that okay. would but that would have been a few yeah. years before, or whatever. A few years before, yeah. yeah. Um, I oh, think- I guess she guest starred in the movie one of my favorites, uh, Rocket Man. Talking about movies from when you were a kid. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Everybody does. Everybody know that that's Robert uh, Robert Duvall's daughter. I didn't actually. I did not. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's Robert Duvall's daughter. So seriously. Yeah. We, well, we did a whole thing of uh, Godfather. Dan, my my co-host Dan and I, and we talked about you know Robert Duvall, and uh, he was in the Godfathers, and his daughter's doing this, and of course, all Paramount does the Godfather and this movie. It's all it's all linked. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Uh, and Paul Dooley, right? He plays what's the guy that is obsessed with hamburgers? Wimpy, Wimpy, Wimpy. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I didn't recognize him. It's a, he's not as he doesn't look the same as when you, you kind of get to know him as a character actor. I, you know, I've seen him in a lot of different stuff, but yeah, didn't didn't see him, didn't recognize him the first time through. But. If you if you remember Paul Dooley, he was um, in Strange Brew. Remember that movie? Oh yeah. Love Strange Bird. Oh. Yeah. Rick Moranis in there, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was uh, what is it? Uh, he's the Macbeth or Hamlet? Or it's Macbeth? a play on. It's yeah, Hamlet. Hamlet. He, Hamlet, yeah. he marries his brother's uh, wife. Yeah. I wish they did. I just wish they did more of that kind of zany uh, takes on a Shakespeare uh, play or something like that. There's not as many as you would think. Like <laughs> yeah. it's pretty funny that they decided to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the beer's name is Elsnor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, they did that with a sub movie though, Macbeth. Yeah, they did right. a did yeah. a Macbeth version on a submarine. Yeah, yes. it's called Below. It was written by uh, Aronofsky. What? That was the Aronofsky written film, starring Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, Zach, Zach Galifianakis is in it, and it's so that'd be what, pretty recent. Uh, it would have been er- earlier two thousands, right? Yeah. Two thousand six or something. Like that? Somewhere around there. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was it was before Aronofsky had really taken off. Yeah, uh, he had done maybe one film, and this it was supposed to be his uh, debut, but then it sold later. Yeah, it was early 2000, 2002 maybe or something like that. Was it that early? Yeah, because it was before oh. his second. It was after his first feature, but before his second feature. Whatever. Right. Yeah. All right. What's else are interesting, Kyle? Sorry, what'd you say? Anything? What else about the movie? Oh well, let's see. I'm just asking you to have the notebook open. Yeah, you know, I'm just. I was just wanted to. Make sure we got all the awards here. So, like I said, Robin Williams was nominated for Stinker, Worst Actor. This was also nominated for Worst Sense of Direction. And then in parentheses, the award says 
Stop Them Before They Direct Again. Right. Also oh. nominated for Worst Screenplay. It won Worst <laughs> Song or Performance in a Film or End Credits, Shelley Duvall. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. And she actually did all her own singing for this movie. So. Right. Well, the, the olive oil is not supposed to have a nice voice. but No. Right. Yeah, I yeah. think... She, she was cast perfectly for that yeah, role. She was. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> One of the good right, the good things is, is like you can tell that is yeah yeah yeah. And then uh, one, I guess, worst picture and worst remake. Yeah, yeah, the stinkers. Uh, they were gone before too soon. I mean, they really didn't take off like the Razzies ended up taking off, and the Razzies are the big bad movie yeah. awards now. But mm-hmm. uh, stinkers were there first. I mean, this nineteen eighty, the Razzies would have just been starting up. Would have been the first year they did the Razzies. Oh really? Yeah, so they probably yeah didn't even have it on there. The old stinkers. So this yeah this one put a pretty much a halt on Robert Altman's career for a long time in the eighties. Yep. Um, pretty much had to even sell his house because he couldn't make payments, so he had to sell his house. He had to sell his production company, which was called Lionsgate, not the production we're familiar with. Oh, it's I was totally like, different. Oh my word! This one's called with a print. It's a parentheses s, so it's a possessive. So Lionsgate right. Films. Oh. Not familiar with the Lionsgate Entertainment. That's different, but right. uh, he had to sell this, and he didn't really come back till he made the player in 1992, right. which brought him back into the mainstream. So, this one, but yeah, it definitely put the brakes on his very kind of relaxed attitude towards filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, 12 years—that's that's a while. Yeah. yeah, and he had been—I mean, he, yeah, he had been very active before that, and yeah, yeah. it was a really long time. But then he he came back with the. Uh, a few films after that, uh, after the player, and you know was a was a pretty big director for a few years afterwards. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, he did his most famous one is Mash. Now, have you seen the film Mash? Everybody's familiar with the TV show, but have you seen the film? Mash? I have seen that. That's one of the ones I've seen. I haven't seen actually a huge yeah. number of them. Only Mash and McCabe and Mrs. Miller, and then Popeye. Yeah. Uh, but I have seen Mash. I have not. It's the first movie, American movie that has the F word in it. That's really? Right. Yeah. Yep. And you know, do you, did you ever hear the story of why they were allowed to do that? No, guy, tell me. Tell yeah, me so that one, that one is the reason why they can say the f word in that film is because they decided that it wasn't being used as a noun, in, as in reference to having sex, right? Like <laughs> it's being done. It was in the middle of a football game, a football game scene in the film. Where, yes. So they're playing football, and he gets angry, and this is the f word, and they so they allowed them to keep it in the film. I'm gonna take this football up your. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not the first movie to have the f word. It was some. Oh, you, uh, French films that had the F word in it, and this is actually one of the first American films to ever have the F word in it. It's amazing. I think it was like nineteen when it came out, nineteen sixty-nine. I don't know something. Like and that. then by nineteen seventy-nine, you get Scarface with F words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a the big... floodgates open, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Just an escalation of cursing <laughs> in a short span of ten ten years. Yeah. <laughs> there was even some in. This that I, you would not see in like a G-rated movie no. today. Okay, they said at the end during the fight, he said, "I mean, I don't want to curse on it, but the S-word was that was yeah. in the middle of that fight." And I was surprised by that because it is kind of a kids' film. Yeah, I like, thought it was a strange. Yeah, because oh, if right. he made it now, it definitely would get like a PG-13 rating. Yes, Something, just yeah, just, yeah, for yeah. Right, just for You'd that. Just for that. Like, was it worth it? No. no. <laughs> well, and that, and plus, uh, they're very guarded about smoking, and he has a pipe, so that would make it another reason why it would be a PG thirteen. Oh yeah, because he can't have childhood character have, be pipe smoking. Uh. 
which Good is really bizarre because I remember the old days of reading, you know, X Men comic books, and Wolverine is chain smoking all sure. the time. <laughs> well, that's what made him cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this cool pipe. Do you guys remember the comics, the cartoon? I yes, yeah. vaguely yes, yeah. I I had only looked back on even the cartoon and, and what it was because my brother had when I would mention that I was going to be on this podcast was like wait did Popeye have a submarine I thought you did submarine movies and I was like I don't think so and I looked back and there was one episode he did where he gets on a submarine so I was like ah eh, close enough there it's kind of close enough <laughs> <Yeah>. it is <laughs> yeah I was hoping we get a little more of the things and oh yeah yeah he doesn't do until the very end kind of the end is like when he becomes like classic full blown. Popeye, like he eats spinach, his he twists his hand around and punches yeah. someone, and he sings his whole Popeye the Sailor Man song. It's yeah. almost it's almost like they're pushing away from that in the beginning. Yeah. He's like, I want carrots, and they're like, Well, you can have <laughs> you can have spinach. He's like, I don't want spinach. I don't like spinach. And he's like, It's not yet the full blown like Popeye character yet. Yeah. Until have, later. Have you tried canned spinach? I don't think so. No, <laughs> I haven't either. And I thought about it. Um, That's got to be like a depression era kind of thing. It is. Yeah, I think. I it think. Is. It, and his uh, his dad, who had my favorite name of any character in the whole movie, Poop Deck Pappy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in all my notes, I have right. all these notes. Every time I refer to him, just make sure to type it all out. Poop Deck Pappy. Right. Uh, <laughs> He even brought something up about the depression right. and all that. He's like, and you wouldn't eat this spinach, and this is all we had. and Right. Which I think is harkens back to what the cartoon was a bit about or why he ate spinach, right? Yeah. It's very much uh, developed. Um, it was featured on, it's called Thimble Theater. It's, um, I can't remember, it was like King Productions. You know how like DC Comics presents, you know, Batman right, comic yeah. books. Mm-hmm. It was like the production was King's, and they had a comic strip called Thimble Theater theater and he was a guest character and everybody liked him so much that he just keep bringing him back and back and back eventually this got his own you know his own story and then he's predominantly featured then of course you need a rival and that's where Bluto comes in yeah and he's totally opposite he's actually wears a suit and tie he's a landlubber Bluto is he doesn't like the seas and stuff like yeah so I don't I don't know when they stopped making the comic strip because obviously in the 80s they're still doing it I don't know when it got officially stopped making them right I don't know I don't know either. I feel like this is something we're going to need to look up at some point. <laughs> During yeah, this four-hour episode. We're I've doing actually it. tried. I remember as a kid trying canned spinach because of Popeye. Mm. Did you? I tried it. I didn't finish it. Did you? Did. Now, did you use a can opener or were you a man like Popeye and just squeeze that and pop the lid but right open? He didn't open? even do that this time. Didn't Poop Deck Pappy? Did yeah, he, he was Pappy forced it, it down his. Right. Yeah. yeah, Poop Deck did it and Bluto did it. Oh, right. right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the reason why he bought it because he was on the cover. Oh, it was had, he? Yeah, it was pop. It was, uh, it was Popeye and it was canned spinach. And I was like, my mom's like, you're not gonna eat it. I was like, I'll try it. I was like, you're not gonna finish it. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. So it was all like, it's almost like green beans. It's all in water. Right. Really. And it has this soggy, leafy, you know, spinach. It was this. Yeah. Oh. oh. I no, I'll get it frozen and stuff. <laughs> but um, <laughs> cook it how's it compared to that? <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, if you ever notice up, who played Poop Deck Pappy? He was a very accomplished actor. Yes, he was. I kept greatest. I can't remember his name right off the bat. But Ray Walston. Right. Ray Walston. Yeah, yeah, he was also in the um, movie South Pacific. That's a musical. Mm. Oh. I think there might yeah. be a submarine in that one. 
Yeah. Maybe. Are you thinking Operation smoke. Pacific? Maybe. No, but I think South Pacific maybe has. You got good chances. Anytime there's a Pacific in the title, you got a good chance. Yeah, maybe. You really do. (laughs) (laughs) And I think if you remember, he's the history teacher, Mr. Hand, in Fast Times. Oh, yes. He's the one that him and Spicoli do not get along very well. That's the premiere of your favorite, your favorite actor. Favorite actor. Film, but you know way more about him than I feature do. Feature film debut of Nick Cage in, in Fast Times. So, so yeah, well, we'll do a little sidebar, but do you have a copy of Fast Times? I don't think we do. I have it, I have it on my computer. I have a copy of it. There are two different versions, because oh, wow. if you buy a copy, it's an edited version, but huh. the one they put on, like, the movie channels oh, and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. is a totally different version. It has extra minutes and actually features really? more of Nicolas Cage. I was gonna say because yeah. there's a thing where he doesn't in one of the one of the versions, right? He doesn't have any lines at all, but another yeah. one he like talks. Yeah, so if you buy a copy, you don't even get the yeah. beginning of a Spicoli at the arcades telling Pac-Man's a way of life. If you decimate or you get decimated, if you buy a copy, it's not going to be in there. But if you see it on a movie channel, they'll play that version. Weird. And then the ver- you'll see the, ver- the version on the movies is when Nick Cage is in standing in line to get his you know schedule and everything. There's a Judd and Reinhold and over them right, having yeah. the conversations. But I don't know how you can get that copy because that's what I want, not this edited version that you get. I have no idea what I even have. I have to go back and check. You have to check it out. Is I don't know. VH- we get, we get yeah. everything because you do a lot of movies. How do You're you right. get them? How do I get them? Yeah, this is probably sure. To watch, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> like YouTube or v- uh, Vimo or oh, okay. Amazon or streaming them, yeah. We uh, we get use the library a lot. You can get literally anything from the library. It's kind of amazing. They'll ship it. If they if your library doesn't have it, they'll ship it from anywhere. Nice. So you got a big long queue and they just keep coming. Is that where you get your Popeye? That's how you found it? Yeah. It That's why I was like, do I have enough time to get it? And I was like... All right. Somebody had it rented. Yeah. Somehow, like, somehow it wasn't available. Who's watching this our, our on library, the right now? Our library had it, but it wasn't available. Someone had rented it. Luckily, somebody was very diligent, and they turned it back in. Yeah. So I, and this happens all the time, because I have a, me and my brother do a bad movie. We have like a blog where we do a bad movie every week, and we have bad movie night, and we watch our bad movies. That's fun. It's like every week we do it. Yeah. Most all terrible movies. And it's always funny when I, I get a lot of the movies through the library, and then um, I'm one of the few people left who still has like a Netflix DVD account. And because some, <laughs> right. some movies you just can't get otherwise. And uh, But I've had times from the library where I'd be like, oh, yeah, this will be real yeah. easy. Wild Wild West starring Will Smith. Easy breezy. Ooh. And I'll look at the library, and it'll be like three copies. None are available. They're all taken. I'm like, who are these people? How, how Wait, is everyone we're... watching Wild Wild West right now? Who is watching that? <laughs> so it's always funny with the, with the yeah. library, what, what people are actually watching. Yeah. So, uh, well, well, talk about your blog a minute. So why do you make why, – why are bad movies? Why bad movies? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, my, my older brother had done bad movies when I was uh, kind of a kid. He was in high school, and he'd have yeah. his friends come over and do the bad movies So from, from when I was growing up. That was kind of what we remembered. So when we were in college together, we were, you know, oh, let's start something, you know, to do kind of week by week. And especially when we when we separated from college, I have a twin brother. And so when we separated finally after college, uh, it was like, oh, we don't see each other really at all anymore. But this is a way that we'll keep in touch because we were like basically best friends. For Is it more like you just don't trust the critics? You really want to see if this is really bad? Um, (laughs) We definitely made our we definitely made our own kind of criteria of what we 
<clears throat> enjoy or not. I mean, certain movies, like, we'll watch, like, a Tango and Cash and be like, that movie's actually amazing. Like, I don't care what anyone says. I actually liked watching that. There, yeah, there's and, different levels right, of yeah, bad. Yeah. And then there's ones where it's like, I just we just watched Little Man with Mar- starring the Wayans brothers, and it was like, it's like offensive. It's like bad and offensive. Is um, it? Yeah, which is funny because I like we actually White Chicks was one where we we're like we actually like that one, and then Little Man, it's like no, we hate that one. <laughs> so and it's just it's like yeah, it's kind of just seeing what the different things are, and then yeah. you know having our own little theories about it. We do a lot of since we're we're kind of in the science realm of things, we do a lot of um, algorithm work on. Uh, kind of analyzing the data that's out there for these movies and <clears throat> do a lot of work in making sure that IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes and these different databases are all connected together. So, Do you kind of sense of a, 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 a similarity to all bad movies? There, there's, so, there's something you always do wrong? Uh, I think like, some is one thing that I that is with the really the worst of the worst, something yeah. like Battlefield Earth and things like that. It's like, in some ways, it's almost um, like a mistaken auteur sense. It's like they've given so much control to one right. person that it goes horribly awry. And so like Battlefield Earth, it was just like that was Travolta's uh, vanity project. And it went really crazy wrong. Well, and, you got – and then the visuals doesn't help when the aliens got right. stings up their nose. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then, it just looks yeah. like one long booger. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and in a similar sense, you have things that are kind of just like they didn't really care. They did, It was more like greed. Like they wanted to get a sequel out so bad they didn't care what yeah. kind of script they had. So <clears throat> you have things like Speed 2, Cruise Control that come along where it's like – they really didn't know what made the first one work clearly because they made the sequel that is nothing like that first one. So there's things like that where you kind of pick up. It's almost like yeah. the seven sins, right? Like it's like vanity and greed and these things that have kind of have the downfall of the film to truly tragic levels. I would, you have sp- specific yeah. criteria for oh, all these yeah, movies. Yeah. <laughs> they all have to qualify in certain ways. And we have these cycles and themes and it's very, yeah. very intricate. And if people are interested, it's badmovietwins.com. And they can go on and see all of it. It's like we, we say like rules equals cools. We have so many rules for this, for what movies will qualify, what yeah. movies will qualify in the future. My brother does a huge amount of analysis on like what's going on. Like right now, our big thing is like 2018 will probably go down in history as the least number of bad film releases in recent memory. There's been so few this year. It's like a desert of bad movies out there. Um, just none are getting released. No bad movies are getting released this year. That's just, I mean, like he said, it's going it, there's a potential that as long as IMD or as long as Rotten Tomatoes has been around, yeah. there hasn't been a year with this few uh, really, truly poorly reviewed films released. All right. Yeah. So there's not one. Is there one that's like absolutely not? Or are you, you're just going to be like non-discriminant and do, we'll take it and we'll watch it? Oh uh, no! We're, it's we you, we will watch anything. Right? <laughs> That's what I was going right. yeah. to I was trying to be not, right. no, no, no. Yeah, it, right. We we've we've watched some pretty terrible stuff. This week we're going to be watching Anaconda, the sequel to Anaconda called Anacondas. The Bloodshot. They do have to be released to theaters, so we do have these. Oh, the one that looks like criteria. junior high graphics. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, there's all these qualifications and stuff like that. But something like Popeye, I actually don't know if it would have qualified because it got it yeah. didn't get like the worst. I'm not sure it got the worst, necessarily worst reviewed. I mean, it got panned. Right. And it didn't do well in the box office. I think overall people were just disappointed that it was a lot more fun involved. There's some serious stuff in it. Yeah, I actually found one thing that was interesting with it was right in the beginning when they they sing that first song, Sweet Haven. Yeah. And right in the middle of it, there's a line where it says, um, 
we don't have to like thank God. We don't have to deal with democracy. And then it's like, uh, you know, God must have landed here. Why would he strand us here? They're kind of singing about how like right. they're under the thumb of this like dictator and uh, who taxes them all day long. But like, well, we must they must have been stranded here for a reason. So God must be smiling on us. And like, thank God we don't have democracy? Question mark. I I know <laughs> that's like. I think that was the minus of the movie. It's like, we just want like a fun, friendly Popeye movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it definitely was like kind of slower, whatever. As I said, at the very end, it gets real zany, but like yeah, the, the, way, yeah. the middle, the middle part portion of, or the beginning portion of it, it kind of like slowly gets into the gear of being like a cartoon of sorts. Yeah. I thought that too, because at one point I looked at the time and <laughs> I was like, I've watched this for 20 minutes. Yeah. And what has even happened? Right. Now? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> It takes a long time to get its bearings. Yes. Yeah, that's but, the thing. But then it did, right. in a way. In a way. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys know the set is still there? Yeah, it's in Malta, right? Or something yeah, they like haven't. They have, the set is still there. The houses are still there. Yeah, and they, can you uh, can you go on tour it and stuff? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, they even said they have like things there that you can go and see, like a cinema and like a, uh, I don't know, little stores and stuff like that. Like it was like a, it was like a tourist attraction right right, right. Like i just i was a little bit i researched in my i was like what they never tore it down they still use it yeah. <laughs> try to get more money out of the yeah. yeah wasn't that the biggest expense for the entire uh budget was the set that's right yeah, yeah. a lot of the money went to just building this thing and then yeah. having a party and oh yeah we're gonna make a movie while we're doing it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's same all right you bring the lumber i'll bring the cocaine and <laughs> i guess we're all gonna get arrested so let's just leave this stuff here uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, it's more expensive to tear it down. We'll just leave it. Yeah. In the uh, in the interview that I read with Altman, he said he prided himself on always coming under budget, and he knew from the get go that this one was not going to be under budget. But Evans, the producer, was right. like, "Just keep saying that you're under budget. Like, don't worry about. It. Just keep saying, keep saying, keep saying it, and then we'll deal with it when it we're over budget after we haven't even shot anything yet. Right. The, how Robert Altman got famous is he worked in television, he worked on stage, and he became known as somebody that was very quick and efficient and cheap. So they figured, well, we'll just get him. He can do it fast. And it just didn't really materialize that way. In fact, he had a lot more fun, I think, off making the movie than yeah. he did making the film. And I think everybody actually is... They didn't have any like bad things to say about it, but there were. I think they had so much fun doing it that the movie kind of doesn't, you know, it wasn't the primary focus. They having so much fun out there, which counterpoint, you know, they had the same thing when they did Caddyshack. It was a big one, big party all day. Yeah, but they turned out a a, a good movie. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it it can happen, you know. Sometimes you can have, or you can have a very structured filmmaking, and then crank out a comedy or something like that but yeah yeah i don't know would you see in a theater would you kind of walk out of it do you think if you saw it in a theater oh i wouldn't walk out of anything i've never walked out of any movie ever the only right. the one that i came close to as a kid as i had like an existential breakdown when i was watching triple x starring vin diesel because i was young enough where i was like i didn't know the concept of like what a bad movie was every movie was magic and i like loved it yeah and i was watching triple x like what's happening? <laughs> like, I don't like this movie. Like what's going on? Like, and I almost walked out of it because I was just like, I don't know what's happening. I don't like this movie at all. Uh, so like, no, I, and, and then I've come to embrace all the bad movies now. So wow. I stick through anything. Yeah. There's, there's nothing that I've seen. I guess there's certain movies that I may not watch. You would avoid watch yeah. again. Yeah. 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 
we but if, if there's something in theaters that I think, well, I don't, that doesn't really interest me, I wouldn't go see it. But yeah. um, see, that's what I yeah, unless we, I had really high expectations, I guess, and went and saw something, and then it was I don't know. It yeah. would take a lot for me to walk out yeah. and lose that six dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gone to some bad movies in theaters, but even even for like the bad movie night that we do, where we sometimes yeah. will go to theaters, like we will avoid ones where we're going to be uncomfortable being in the theater. Like there was a a kids movie called Show Dogs that came out, and it's just like. I don't want to be in a theater full of kids right. watching this movie about talking dogs. It just doesn't feel right. And then like the third Fifty Shades movie, yep. I was like, I had such a sh- bad experience in the 52nd Fifty Shades movie. I was like, I just can't do it again. I just can't do it. Because you went and see these by yourself, right? Yeah, it's real weird. Do you, get, like do you get like looked? The, like, the fifty, the fifth, second fifty yeah. shades. I was very uncomfortable, and I, re- I refused. <laughs> I refused to do the third one and go back to the theaters for that one. There was no way. Uh, I, and I'm 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 trying not to be into. I'll watch movies. I love movies. That's why I do this podcast. And um, there was a time where my wife and I went to see Devil Wears Prada, mm-hmm. and I was the only man in a sold out theater. So wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, that probably felt a little odd. Right. I've I've done. You know, I I did a silly mistake this year. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was going to go see Hereditary, and I don't want a, a large crowd. I knew this was going to be one of those movies where i wanted you know a lot less people there and i can mm. enjoy it so i figured you know the last showing on a sunday night 10 o'clock nobody's going to be there I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go to the ten thirty, see a whole movie the way it's intended and i completely forgot that teenagers are yeah. on, on their summer vacation I for- it oh. was packed you always forget teenagers. about the teenagers yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and they bring their blankets i don't get it i'm not a teen they always bring their blankets so they could into the movie theater. Yeah, they so brought their blankets in there, and they bring their stuffed animals too. Like they're in their own bedroom. It's like seriously. Yes, yes. Well, they're not canoodling with those. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I was, I was like, oh, I completely forgot about teenagers. Well, no, yeah, no. That just last year, one of the live ones we did for my thing was Flatliners, the remake of Flatliners, which Ooh. no, I was like, no one is seeing this. It is, yeah. it is supposed to be god awful. On my, my, my other, that wasn't my top ten. Bad. Yeah, and and I was like, there's no. I mean, I, I did the same thing. I was like, there is no way anyone's going to be in this thing. Like, I can just watch this alone. I don't have to worry about it. Place was packed with what? teenagers because oh. it was. I forget what it was. It was some three day weekend, or it was a Friday of a three day weekend, or something yeah. like that. And the teenagers were all in there, and they, I would tell you, they were having a grand old time at Flatliners. I was like, how do you even like this? So <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be really enjoying yourselves. <laughs> Well, we got to take a, a little bit of a break here. We're going to replenish, and then uh, we'll get back to uh, more of the movie stuff. Are you fascinated by mysterious legends, the paranormal, or UFOs? Do stories of murder, missing persons, and con men send you down internet rabbit holes? Did you grow up watching the TV show Unsolved Mysteries? Does Robert Stack's voice haunt your nightmares? Then our podcast is for you. I'm Liz. And I'm Samantha. Join us every Wednesday as we discuss the original Robert Stack episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. Follow along with us on Amazon Prime or just tune in for our weekly podcast. We are on iTunes, Google Play, and social media at Perhaps It's You. This is Angelica Norton. And this is Amber Moreno. I produce and I host a podcast called Chatty Crafties. I chat with our crafty friends about what drives them to make, perform, and create. It's not about perfection. No! It's about expression. 
we invite you to peer into the lives of our guests' creative processes and inspirations. We hope to excite those who assume they're not creative and support those who may have forgotten that they are. Honestly, I just want to celebrate and absorb their creative energy to try new things, so it won't sound so daunting for me to, oh, sew a swimsuit, tell a story on stage in front of strangers, or get back into painting. So find us at chattycrafties.com for a new episode every Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Now go make some art. Can I recommend a whole bad movie for you? You can definitely do that. All right. Fear.com. Did you see that one? I have seen Fear.com, although it's been a little while. So some yeah. of these, a lot of these like mesh into each other because yeah. there's a lot of ones that are kind of like Fear.com. Yeah. But it's the one where you, you go to the website and then you're going to die a little yeah, bit later, Steven right? Yeah, Dorff. Steven Dorff, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Kyle, ever heard of this thing? Uh, I haven't. It sounds kind of like The Ring to me. It is very it much is, before The Ring. Yeah. Oh, is it, was it before? No. Before, I think it was before. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. It's supposed to go on this website, and if you go on it, you die. But the, the, the what makes it terrible is they filmed it in Europe, and it's supposed to be New York City. Wait, why would... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, there's money or something? I don't know. That seems so they, really like, odd. If they look it up. They filmed it in Copenhagen, but they shipped all these New York cop cars to be in the movie. And if you watch it, it's like nobody can change a light bulb. I know it's yeah. supposed to be dreary, but right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, can you change a light bulb in the office police station? It is so bad. Really? Right. And it's like the whole climax of the movie is like, she finds out where the, the evil's just arriving from. And she's like, oh, it's from the nuclear power plant where the kids used to play. It's like, right. that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you had a different childhood than me. I always used to play at the nuclear power plant. And then immediately, you know, Homer Simpson pops in your brain. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he had these bouncing ball dream yep. sequences, and it's just, like, so stupid. It's really stupid looking. Yeah, it's a really delicious. stupid looking one. Yeah, it always, I always confuse it with another film where... Um, and I'm forgetting the name, so it's not particularly useful. But there was another film where, uh, where there's, like, a serial killer who is... Uh, <laughs> kind of streaming out like almost like a YouTube t- style thing the deaths that he's committing and they have this ticker the funniest thing is they have this ticker on how many people are viewing this death and it's like 30 million 40 million 50 million people I'm like there's just no way <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what kind of bandwidth is this <laughs> get out of here like there's not 50 million people watching someone get murdered on television like come on so. Well, I want to do a, talk about a little bit of the Minnesota connection with Robert Altman. His last movie he made was Prairie Home Companion. That's right. And yeah. he filmed it here in St. Paul. Uh, did you get the chance to see that one? I actually have not seen that one. I no. have not seen it either. I believe, and I'm, I'm just going to be a little funny thing. I think Robert, that's the reason why Albert passed. He saw what he's going to make, and then that was <laughs> <Wow>. it. <laughs> Rest in peace. Because it's happened to Stanley Kubrick, too, because I that's think right. before Eyes Wide Shut, and he saw what he's going to release, that he had a heart attack. Oh, my God. I'm going to send this up to the world. (laughs) But it's true. And um, his his health was failing when he did Prayer Home Companion. And I can't remember who the – a famous director was shadowing him as he filmed it. I think they hired, like, Wes Anderson or somebody. Really? Or somebody, if you want to look it up, somebody, a accomplished film director, to follow him around when he did a Prayer Home Companion because his health was deteriorating Mm -hmm. so much. But – 
I don't know. I think people, fans of Pretty Little Companion, probably seen it, but I just I don't have the interest to do it. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't qualify. It doesn't. I know it doesn't qualify for the bad movie. It was it was very middling reviews, if I remember. Right. So it wasn't totally kind of bottom of the barrel. I think it got like forty percent or something Rotten Tomatoes. So. Right, and and I I've, I've seen tidbits of it, and yeah. Kevin Klein's in there. He does a really good job. Lindsay Lohan's in it, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, Probably was doing drugs. Probably, I mean, it was, it was almost. It was near near the end of her last like real legitimate, you know, big film that she right when people were actually going to pursue her to get on movies, yeah, and yeah. her begging to be on movies. Yeah, yeah. this has some so. pretty decent reviews actually. It? Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a mild. I think people who are fans of the right, whole, it's probably yeah, they're um, probably voting it up. Yeah. Hmm. And it's a very. I mean, I know I'm from St. Paul. It's very taboo to say you're not a fan of this, but. And, and it was filmed in the Fitzgerald Theater in downtown, named after not uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Wow! But I always, so, yeah, I always forget that that was one that he did. Because yeah. yeah, I don't you don't really think of him as doing ones that were super recent. But I guess he had Gosford Park and that one. Yeah, and then he died. Gosford Park was another one that was like his last before um, before. Uh, Prayo Companion. Yeah. It was actually pretty good. It's right. very long. Yeah, you have to have a high tolerance to see it. Did you see it, Kyle? Gosford I Park. haven't. I feel like all these movies, I haven't. I haven't seen any of them. Well, I didn't see it until it was when like, it came out. It's yeah. like Downton Abbey before Downton Abbey. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like a funny. Yeah. It's like a murder mystery, but kind of like how he made Popeye and was like, it's a musical with people who don't, you know, can't sing. You know, this one was kind of like a murder mystery where. People don't really seem to care all that much about right. the murder. Right, somebody got murdered, and they really don't. They're socialites, aristocrats. They yeah. don't really yeah. care. Yeah, they don't care all that much. But there's like this whole mystery that kind of surrounds it. Huh. Yeah. I'll need to watch it then. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I don't know anything about movies right now. Well, one of the uh, things about Robert Altman is he likes to sound everybody. Um, I think he makes a sound editor work overtime because yeah. everybody gets a microphone. Mm-hmm. And he wants to do as natural of a setting as movie, a natural, not really forced like a movie. Like a movie, everybody says their lines and wait to say their lines. And he wanted to do like a natural set of everybody interrupting themselves, talk a lot, talk too much, or, you know. And he did a movie called The Wedding, which, you know, actually we've all been to weddings where everybody does their own side conversations and everything. And right. people eavesdrop or burst in and leave conversations. And um, I think that's where he liked to do most often. Not much of a simple style, but have a really to be how humans interact naturally yeah yeah so you could hear everybody all at once yep yeah there's yeah. some you notice that in popeye in, too. This film, in this film there were some good examples i think this isn't the best this isn't necessarily the best movie to kind of exemplify it like right. i think you can find some really great examples in mccabe when he's at like a poker game and everyone's kind of like t- talking it is very much like a bar atmosphere of everyone talking 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 here you get that you get a bar scene where you kind of get that every character has their own little thing kind of going on but i think the dinner scene maybe is the best example of it where everyone's yeah. kind of talking all at the same time and it's very distracting it's very distracting because yeah, you're yeah, sitting there but, trying to watch it but it i mean it is hectic and like you said if you're at a if you're at a bar, you think about it, most movies, it just zooms in on the right. two, and you can only hear that. Have you ever yeah. been to a bar or anything? Right. It I love is those. so loud. You know, I love it like the Matrix when they go to the disco right. dance rave, yeah. but you can hear the conversation right. clearly. Or, or the, that right. doesn't happen. <laughs> one, of my no fa- way. Yeah, one of my favorite ones was Too Fast, Too Furious, the second Fast and the Furious film. They go to Good. this bar in Miami, and it's super bright. Everything's white. Girls are dancing in cages. You're like, okay. And yeah. then they, no one seems to be talking because they just talk regular conversation to everyone. I'm like, what is this bar? It doesn't exist. <laughs> this bar doesn't exist anywhere. 
but uh, yeah, no, he he really liked doing that. Apparently, it kind of backfired on this one because he really wanted Robin Williams to kind of like mumble with his pipe in his mouth. Yeah, like, you know, I'd be like, yeah, you do your thing with the pipe in your mouth, and he was mumbling, and apparently, it came out totally inaudible. Um, which I don't think would be necessarily super surprising, but they had to dub everything, almost everything he said, I guess. Oh, just like Bane? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. It's like a precursor to Bane. Yeah. <laughs> Another comic book movie. Yeah, well, I mean, even with his overdubbing, a lot of times it was right. hard to hear him. Well, yeah. yeah. Some of the stuff, though, when you hear it under his breath, is pretty funny. Yeah. You picking up on Yeah, it, I don't but... think people realize a lot of stuff that gets filmed doesn't get picked up on sound so right. sometimes you have to go back in studio to re-record your lines and stuff yeah, yeah. did a lot of it a lot of the adr like overdubbing for robin williams well i know when robert altman did the the wedding that there was a whole thing that he's like okay you get a mic you get a mic and then somebody had a dog and robert altman looked at the sound editor and goes the hell i'm not micing the dog so- <laughs> we got 80 people i got 80 channels already i'm yeah. not micing the dog. <laughs> yeah. you know how hard this is gonna be to all line up come on <laughs> So you were going to go uh, earlier, you were going to mention something about the boxer, because there's a scene where uh, Robert Williams takes on the big boxer. The, the, the cha- He challenges him. What's his name? Oxblood Ox- Oxheart or something? Yeah. Yes. 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 So this guy, I thought, man, if this were made today, who do you guys think would be the perfect boxer to have in the ring? Uh, the Rock. Wow. Vin Diesel. What's he put? I... To match that guy, right. I would put, um, you guys remember Butterbean? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Didn't, yeah right. didn't, didn't he die? No, he's not dead. Oh, well. You got to let everybody know who Butterbean is. Butterbean, let's see, he was in... Uh, he was a heavyweight boxer. Heavyweight boxer. I think yeah, he's like yeah. 400 plus pounds. Or yeah, something. the name fits him, doesn't it? Yeah, and a uh, really big guy. He even made appearances in the Jackass TV show. Oh, he did? Yeah, he okay. would um, come into some of the... Uh, it was like a convenience store and just start wailing on Johnny Knoxville and uh, you know because they're like having a fake boxing match but um, yeah so you're getting you're getting a little bit of a word picture of who this ox blood ox heart looked like yeah, <laughs> yeah. butterbean I don't know anybody, I don't know if you have anybody in mind but if we did it now and we had that who would you think would do Popeye who do you think oh. would have that energy to do it man who, who yeah. would it be you need to be someone who is uh, who, who is like the big comedic actor I mean Kevin Hart maybe Oh, that's a different different style of, yeah. uh, of Popeye a little bit because he's Kevin, he, has he has the energy manic. to do he's it. He's got the yeah. energy to do he it. Does yeah. Um, oh shoot, who would who would I want? I mean, Robin right. Williams did really really well. Yeah, and I feel like there's been bigger like these huge comedic actors through time that you could yeah. have imagined end up doing it. Like Jim Carrey in his heyday, right? You could have imagined him yes. being attached to, oh, but not he's now. Be Popeye, not no. now. Yeah. yeah. His um, window's gone. <laughs> his, wind, his window is, is certainly gone at this point. Yeah. yeah. I don't think um, really any somebody could really do it as best that Robert Williams, even though it's it's not regarded. But Robert Williams really does. He really embodied it at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah he it did. was pretty crazy. And he has the forearms. I don't know how those prosthetics are. <laughs> those looked really good. Yeah, I know. Apparently, they took a really long time to get right. That's what I, that's what they said. They said they didn't have it. They didn't have it ready for so long that like a whole crew, the whole American crew, quit because right. they couldn't get the filming started or something. Like, all over the forearms, not looking good enough. I mean, it's an important piece. Yeah, they could have right. just, like, tried to gloss over it. Oh, we'll give him sleeves the whole time. But that wouldn't have been the movie. It needed to look good, and it did. But the thing yeah. that surprised me the most, at least watching the cartoon and stuff, yeah. I always assumed Popeye was bald. Yeah, because he, he's always wearing a hat. 
Yeah, right. but then yeah. it's like it's like really shaved really close. Right, yeah. And, yeah but he's then got the navy haircut. Yeah, but then Robin Williams was bleach blonde. Bleach blonde. That was that was an interesting <laughs> that, I, I thought that, that was, was a shock. Wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> Every time he was on screen, I'm just like, I just put the hat on or something. Come on. You're really throwing me off here. So, what about the big octopus, right? Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. I feel like it, it kind of fell apart at the end. It was kind of strange. I mean, maybe right. they were running out of money or something. I don't know. Like, octopus it, did not look very good. No, it looked like a balloon or something. It was also weird because, like, earlier, at the very end, you have uh, Bluto uh, turn tail and run away, and he yeah. is yeah. colored yellow, he right? Colored, yeah, he's got the yellow. And yeah. he's swimming away. And you have a character kind of call out, like, look, there's Bluto. He's yellow. He's running away. He's turned yellow. I'm like, well, we can see that. Like, why, why are you? Why do you have to say? Yeah, why do you have to do? Why it like seems so strange to have it inserted in there, and it's like it, it almost seems like at a certain point they were like, eh, let's just finish it up. Got to get these things in here. Maybe people won't understand. We'll throw the line in because earlier they had him see red, where literally yeah, he's he looking so at Popeye. So he gets Bluto yeah, got yeah. so mad he looked at Popeye in olive oil and everything was red. They didn't have someone say, "Hey, look, he's seeing red." Right. They, didn't have... <laughs> they let they let the image speak for itself, and I was like, "Oh, this is yeah." But that was funny when Bluto tried to part the water so he yeah. can see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was kind of stupid. Oh my word! There's all so, sorts of weird little things like that in this yeah, movie. There's a lot of stuff in. in Outside the... of this movie, you guys have a favorite Robert Williams movie? A favorite one? Yeah, there's a ton. I mean. Mrs. Doubtfire is for me Mrs. an Doubtfire obvious choice, yeah, yep. yeah. but I also saw one with him. It was a dark comedy, and it really surprised me in just how funny I found it. It's called World's Greatest Dad. Oh, sure, yes. yeah, Bobcat, yeah. Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah, both of them were good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you, you, I really actually because surprised that movie. It's uh, it's sold as a comedy. There are some. It's it's very sad, and but it's uh, very yeah. dark. <laughs> it is, but the things that happen in it are. Right. Like I was just cracking up because like oh this is what would happen in this situation. But um, for right. favorite movie, it's got a I mean, oh shoot! But he's got he's got Jumanji too. I know yeah, these are like the ones from when I was a kid that I was watching. You can't forget you can't forget uh, Aladdin either, which is just a oh, you know, classic yeah. animated film, and he kind yeah. of steals the show a little bit as the, the genie. Genie. Yeah. So how That'd about you? Be my choice. Well, I you know what? What he really did surprise me being. You know, forty one, and see him all these do these comedies. But when he did Go Bill Hunting, it was a big shock to oh, everybody sure. oh, yeah. that he could do something because you thought, okay, he's coming in this now. He's going to provide the you know the laugh tracks on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he absolutely did not. He took it straight. And um, I don't. Awakenings was really good too. Yeah, yeah. You that, ever that seen that one? one? I have seen that one. Yeah. And then he's he's that's one where he's been doing a little bit. It's not so much comedy. He's doing Which straight. One? Awakenings, yeah, yeah, yeah. when yeah. he's the the doctor, he's the doctor, yeah, and he finds out this medication wakes up people. They're El Dopa, yeah, yeah. No, and and what's interesting is that so this was his feature debut with Popeye. Do you know what his second film was? No, what is it? World According to Garp, which actually is not. I mean, it's it's got funny elements to it, but it's similar right. kind of very dark comedy to it. And uh, you know that you know you, you don't think of necessarily Robin Williams as Zany Mark and Mindy, and then going to Popeye that his next role would actually be one of his more serious roles that he ends up having. No, I think everybody's kind of forgot he did some very serious, especially stuff. Early, yeah, and yeah. early on he yeah. had a lot. Fisher King, he had you know um, the one with the teacher. God, it's slipping my mind. Dead Poet Society. Dead Poet Society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has, I and mean, then those that happened, you know, pretty early in his career. But then I think for. 
our generation and stuff, he really ended up being defined by his like comedies like Mrs. Doubtfire and people forgot that he was in these until Goodwill Hunting came along and you're like, Oh yeah, that's right. Like mm-hmm. he's like an Oscar level like dramatic actor. Juilliard trained. I'm like, okay. Well when I think about it, Goodwill Hunting came out the same year Flubber did and at exactly. that time what, <laughs> yeah, exactly. what am I gonna watch? What are you seeing in theaters? You're seeing I'm the going Flubber. to Flubber. I one hundred percent saw Flubber in the theaters. Oh yeah, so. me too. We got that little little green slime flubber dancing all around. That's right. It was a great movie. For uh, me at that time, I probably shouldn't ever rewatch it. <laughs> Just let oh, it live nah. in my memory. Didn't, they made a sequel for that, right? No. Did, I, did they? I think they did. I think oh so, no! So now for bad for my bad movie website, I'll have to watch it, and I'll invite you over. You can see the sequel. Great. You know, I I worked at a video store, and we intentionally put the kids' movies at your guys' eye level. So I believe right. it. <laughs> Goodwill Hunting was two shelves up. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Eye level was flubber, so. Right, yeah. And I always get reprimanded by, you know, maybe I'll put a Fargo at that level. <laughs> What's this one, Mom? Right, yeah. uh, I don't know. Let's check it out. Oh, my word. What is this? I remember the first day I worked at the video store because um, – First, the movie that came out uh, first time on rental was Air Force One. Oh wow, with Harrison Ford, classic. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that one when I was younger. Yeah, that's the first my first day working at the video store. That the movie came out on Tuesday. I started that day. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> right. I remember really enjoying that movie. Well, I mean, it's a, it's one of the classics of the of the thing. It's like saying yeah. Face Off. Like Face Off is fairly silly, but like. When it came out, it was oh, it was a else. big blockbuster. It was something else. People yeah. were pretty excited about that. Well, and you watch it. I think we were talking about this the other day, but Face Off with the concept, it's so odd, but it works. It's so right. yeah. The premise is very eighth grade, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, they made it work. Made I love it. And it. it. something it has to be oddball to get Nicolas Cage to do it. Yes, That's probably right. Yeah, and. I think at, at beginning of that and Con Air is beginning to see you see. So I feel like what, Cage. what you're yeah. saying is who would we cast as Popeye now? Nicholas Cage. Nick, yeah, Nick Cage. He probably would. Perfect. He probably would do it. <laughs> he would do it. Yeah. He wouldn't turn it. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't turn that down. Yeah. Um, we got a couple more. Do you remember, have you seen the, the Death of Superman Lives, that documentary? You ever heard about it? I haven't. I so, no. Um, I'll talk about it in a couple of minutes. Um, Tim Burton was supposed to do a Superman movie. That's right. And the doc, this documentary, you can find it. It's accessible on YouTube channels and everything. It's called The Death of Superman Lives. Superman Lives was the name of the title, and Nicolas Cage was supposed to be Superman. Oh, this it, is the movie. Yeah. Do, do you remember me talking about that? With the, yeah. We were talking about Wild Wild West. I mentioned it briefly in regards to the library. Wild Wild yeah. West ended up having the plot of that film yes. a little bit. Yes, it did. It did. Yeah. It, yeah. If you remember. So, really? Yeah. Uh, Kevin Smith wrote the screenplay for it. And who was supposed to produce it was John Peters. John Peters is a very famous uh, production. But he wanted somehow Superman to fight a giant spider. He was obsessed with it. <laughs> and like, what the hell? I just want a giant spider. I think it'd be great. Just because it was great. And then once Superman Lives got shelved, after a year of pre-production got shelved, well, Wild Wild West, well, what do you have? <laughs> <There's> a giant <laughs> <Big> spider. mechanical spider. <laughs> 
And it's, That's the same, great. it's the same producer. John, yeah, <laughs> John Peter's got his. I'm going to have a giant spider one way or the other. Yeah. Like, look, guys, I got this great idea. Well, and you, you can like tell his wife is like, John, just like, please leave it alone. Nobody wants a giant but spider. But if you watch the de- you watch the documentary, you could see this would be a very weird Superman movie. Tim Burton doing it. Yeah. After he did Batman, it would have been just bizarre. But with Nick Cage. Yeah, fighting yeah. a giant spider. Yeah, and his suit light up. It had, had like like lights in it. And Sounds he, amazing. I know. I'm not sure. And the thing is, it's funny because people could make fun of it or whatever. But like, if there was someone who probably would have been like, "Hold the phone, let's we got to do this right." It might be Nicolas Cage, who just like loves Superman so much. Like, he probably wouldn't have let it be totally yeah. out of the character for the for Superman to do. Yeah, they have thing. test shots of him on strings, showing him flying. With a kind of cheeky background to give a demo to the producers to see what it, and they spent a year trying to get it to go, and eventually said, "No, we're not going to do it." That's great. Can you imagine working on something for a year and just, eh, whatever, right? <laughs> Done with it. Gosh. Well, that's another thing is a lot of people that are these screenwriters they make they write these movies yeah. that are probably never going to get made. That's how you, as a screenwriter, you write a whole bunch of screenplays, hope this one of them is going to sell. And you can actually make money of selling your screenplays, and they're just not going to make them. Really? You could, you could be a successful screenwriter and selling screenplays, but they'll just never, you know. Make it into production. Right. And that's how, like, Clint Eastwood found Unforgiven. It was just a laying, it was a stack of scripts in the production office. It was titled. I'll try this one. It was titled The Revenge of William Money. He's like, what a horrible title. But he read the <laughs> screenplay. He's like, well, this is actually good. Let's do it. He changed it to that. But it sat on a shelf for 20 years. Wow. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. And then some of the things that get made that don't sit on shelves for 20 years. Right, you're right. You, yeah. <laughs> you wonder what the criteria is. Why is this one getting made and yeah. this one's going away? So. Goodness. Uh, before we go, um, what could we look forward to next on you guys' podcast? So released on Thursday. Yes. yes. This so, yeah. coming Thursday, we are talking about the 1987 Steven Spielberg produced movie Inner Space, directed by Joe Dante of yeah. Gremlins fame, starring Martin Short and well, Martin Short, Dennis Quaid, and Meg Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, they were actually an item when they started doing this. Yeah, they yeah. were. They met on set, and then they got they got married. Uh, yeah. A bunch of years later. Actually, a few years later. Yeah. 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 Right. Didn't it win an award for special effects? It did. It, did. it won an yeah. Oscar. It was the only Joe Dante film ever to win an Oscar, which is a little surprising since Gremlins is such like a big part of culture. Like yeah. It's a little surprising that didn't have some kind of visual effects or something um, Oscar. But yeah, no, only one he ever got. It's kind of a cute little funny movie. It yeah. was. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> definitely better than expected because I used to yeah. see it all the time on television like just showing on comedy central or whatever and you'd watch it for a second you'd be like okay you're channel surfing but i'm not like super interested in this 80s 80s comedy but when you sit down and focus on watching it you're like oh this is actually pretty clever and fun (laughs) martin short working at a grocery store yeah i mean he was great (laughs) he was great the way he can deliver some of his lines is so good hello is anybody in there yeah oh my god I'm possessed. That's my favorite line from the whole movie. Stands up and screams. So good. So it does, and your criteria does constitute as a subway movie. Submarine, yeah. So that one actually was a submarine. So fantastic. So that's like so technically that's a submersible. Well, we were uh, we were doing we were doing submersible month. Yeah. So so fantastic voyage. Interesting thing is so fantastic voyage very similar to inner space. Fantastic voyage. It's a submarine. In inner space, it's a submersible. So. 
Well, they both won a bunch of well, yeah, Interspace for best visual, and I think Fantastic Voyage also won for best visual. Yeah, and for best uh, sound editing or something. It got nominated yes. for five. Yeah, Fantastic it was good. Voyage. But yeah, is that your first time seeing it, Kyle? If you Interspace. Seen it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Another one. Actually, well, at least I've seen this one. I think yeah. this one. This, this may have been the first time I saw that in, in, in its full extent. I knew what it was, and I'd seen clips from it. And, and you know, for the '80s, the the special effects is great, from how they make oh, them little yeah. to big, and the car oh, chase yeah. and everything. Yeah, the, the car the car thing was actually that was all practical effects. We had a little trivia on the episode too, like that the whole car thing where people are reduced down to size, they're like half yeah. the size, was all practical effects. So the car is like twenty feet long. With this giant back seat and people back there, like The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, all forced perspective. So it's all just perspective. Okay, yeah. so like a parallax yeah. thing. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, looks really good. I mean, it does those, look good. Those practical effects. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. Like it's they did. They had the same practical effects guy who did um, the thing. Car- John Carpenter's the thing. Yeah, work on Inner Space, and you know it's amazing. And some of those things has just been. I don't know. Sometimes there's, there's nothing like a little practical effects to make something look really cool and really real. I oh, know so. the thing where the guy's head starts becoming like a dripping down the. Oh uh, my god, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, have you yeah. seen John Carpenter's thing? It's been a while, but yes, I've seen it. Oh god, it's my favorite movie. And they have Wilfred Brimley in it, my boy. Yeah, that was actually one of those. If you, I'll talk about special effects, but um, the thing. Remember in the beginning? It's a black screen and it burns the words. Yeah. the thing. Yeah. yeah, and the guy goes, "All I did was poke holes." and took a match to it. It's a garbage bag. Yeah. We cut the garbage bag out. We poked holes and said the thing. We took a lighter behind it, and it burned the words. It took really? it did about 20 times before we got it right. If only, if only the thing had a submarine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watched that so many times. Well, something we haven't yeah. even mentioned is Popeye did have a submarine. That's right. He became a submarine at the end. There was even a did moment. Did you notice where, that? Yes. Yeah, yeah with, to the him. octopus, right? Yeah. Well, is that what you're referring to? Well, he, he when he went to, to dive after Bluto for the, to start the climactic fight scene, yeah. he becomes a submarine. You even hear someone say, he's a submarine. And he's got his pipe sticking out of the As water a like a oh, parasite. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. old... Music so, swells. Da, da, da. Yeah. So this yeah. was actually a submarine film. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I made qualifications. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I did even look up. We know on on every episode I connect uh, film the film that we do to yeah. uh, Phantom uh, starring Ed Harris using only submarine films, and this one actually does work. How does it work? So Castor Oil, the brother of uh, of Olive Oil, is in 1941, which we've used before for this. So 1941 is a comedy. Um, Steven Spielberg uh, yeah. comedy. I yep. Think. He, yep. Yep. And he, uh, and in that one, there's a submarine, and, and Dan Aykroyd's in that one. And then Dan Aykroyd's also in Pearl Harbor, which features a submarine, a very small, um, you know, part of the battle. I would, okay. And in that is uh, William Fickner, and William Fickner's in Phantom. So connect it back. William Fickner gets a lot of good death scenes. And William Fickner is a good yeah, way to get, to get yeah. anywhere because he's in a lot of movies. He yeah. had a good death scene in Heat. Yeah. <laughs> And he had a good death scene in The Dark Knight. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I think that's why he put him in The Dark Knight. Because I think Nolan was such a fan of heat. Yeah. And then they, the shotgun through the glass is like. Yeah. And I think that, oh, well, as a reference and homage to heat, I want you to die again in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's a funny character because a lot of people, right. if you don't, if you're not, I guess, watching movies all the time. No. If you just go see him recreationally. You'll have no idea whose name that is, yeah. but as soon as you see his photo, you're like, "I know oh, that yeah, guy. Right. I've seen him in a million right. things." 
So before we go, and uh, I want to talk about it because I don't, because you guys are from the east, east coast and stuff like that. And the director was Bob Evans, uh, Bob Evans, Robert Evans. But you guys are very, you know what Bob Evans are, right? Well, the restaurant, yeah. Yes, yes. There's, I can't find any. uh, They're not here. No, it's garbage. (laughs) I don't know that one. You don't know Bob Evans? Is Is it in? Is it in Massachusetts? I don't know. I I think it's like Ohio, Indiana, Illinois. Yeah, you go down. We yeah. had them all over when I was living in Ohio. Well, all right. Tell Jamie what Bob Evans are. All right. So if you want to go. You get some cocaine. No? Yeah. You go there and you get some cocaine. It's great. No. But um, they got great breakfast food. They've got. I mean, it's just like home style. Is it like a Perkins? Food. Yeah. Uh, but it's better than Perkins. Better, know, I'm it's, not saying it's better or worse. I'm just saying it's like a Perkins. It's like a home style Perkins. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. They got like fresh bakery and stuff. But it's See, a. Now I'm like a, you I'm get some like a, soup. I'm like a Minnesota boy now. I'm like Perkins is like Perkins. Yeah. I'd never even heard of Perkins. I was like, is this like a Denny's? And I was like, wait, there's a Denny's right there. (laughs) Right around the corner. What's going on? (laughs) So, yeah, because I think Perkins monopolized so much in Minnesota that we don't have a Bob Evans here. It could be. But when I traveled down to Ohio to go to the College Football Hall of Fame and the the Rockwell Hall of Fame, we kept going down 94 and like, well, what the hell is this Bob? Every five miles is Bob Evans. So we actually had to stop. (laughs) It's a big red, yeah, the color. Yeah, big red building. There was, I, I mean, I don't think they are in Massachusetts, but they might be. I might have just missed them. I'm from I'm from an island off the coast, so there's no chains at all on the island, so I may have missed it. Do you guys also have that candle pin bowling stuff? On we the do. Island? We only have. Well, now we have regular bowling, but I, we only had candle pin. Most of Massachusetts only has candle pin. You ever heard of that? So you just bowl your ball, but you have to go get it. No, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very tiny ball that you bowl right. into like thin pins. It's all weird. Oh, yeah, they all right. look really weird. They're like what, like that big around or something? Yeah, and it's a it's like a bocce ball looking thing. It's a I don't mention, but there is a place where I went when I was a kid down in Iowa, where the bowling alley was. You bowl it, but you have to go back, go down there, and get it. Really? <laughs> well, I guess it's a it, it, decent it, way to get a workout yeah, in. I guess. Right. You, you had, and had a, had a, instead of you know dividers, it had a path to go. You bowl your ball, and then you knocked it down. It had a little backstop. Then you had to go down there and get it. <laughs> And you had a, and then, it's amazing. Yeah, it took a lot, a lot. But then you, <laughs> and then if you had a strike, well, all right, go back and set up. Oh man, <laughs> that'd be something. Right. We are in a bowling league. We do love it. Well, I have to say, Kyle and Jamie, thanks for coming on. It was a lot of fun. It was. Thank yes. you. Thank you for coming. Thanks for yeah, making. No, thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah thank you for uh, having us on here. It's been a blast. So eventually, we have to guys have to come back. We have to think of something that we'll have to link something. Yeah, and maybe maybe you can come on and do a submarine podcast. Somewhere. I'll yeah, yeah. I, I know how to get there. I know how to get to Rochester. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not too far. No, it's, I know how to get to the Mayo Clinic. I have a severed finger, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just down the highway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys, I have to say thanks again, and uh, we we'll definitely have to do it. Again.